0: Day 60. I'm ready for change. After the retreat, I left the ranch with a new friend, Deb. And what does Deb do for a living? She runs a housing property for seniors. I'm a daughter living with her mother at this time, and I'm involved in a senior community in reality. So there's Deb, who's not only a property manager, but also the social activity coordinator. No accidents there. I got a chance to see what it looks like for another woman in her 50s to put all of her love into helping seniors have a beautiful living environment. It was really touching. Deb and I drove from her house to Agape International, where Michael Beckwith is the spiritual leader. We got up at 5 a.m. and had to be on the road at 5.30 to be there at the 6.30 service. All of the meditators from the retreat were there, as well as a handful of other people. We stayed on for the 9.30 service, and I swear it was like being at a Baptist revival. I've never actually been to one, but I've heard about them, maybe seen them on TV. I caught the fire. I don't know at what point that I stood up, but I was on my feet as this beautiful song was being sung. I surrender everything that I've been holding on to. I let go. I'm ready for my change. Yes, I am. Day 61 and Day 62. Letting go of my storyline. I had no idea I had so many stories, but I did. I went through a healing crisis after the meditation retreat. So much had been dislodged in my system and was seeking a way out. Everybody wanted to say I had a cold, but I knew it wasn't. I knew what came up during that weekend, the patterns of thinking that have a coagulated energy around them. I got to see them from that far distance that meditation offers, and I got to let them go when I saw all the stories that have made my life more difficult than it ever needs to be, all the identities that I'm still clinging to. I'll share with you one more profound realization I had. While I love music and I love rock and roll, what I heard was, it's too limiting. The expression of me as a rock and roll DJ is too limiting. I need to open that up wider. I've been feeling that, but to really see that as an identity that needs to fall away or expand was really incredible. That's the core identity I've been holding on to. This is who I am. This is what I do. Over the weekend, I thought, Are you ready to let go of that? The answer is, I am. I can feel something more powerful seeking to emerge. I don't know exactly what it is, but I know it's seeking space. I'm releasing stories. I'm releasing my identity. Day 63, back in New Jersey. And just like that, I'm back in New Jersey. After the healing crisis, I was down for the count. I have no voice, but inside I'm still processing quite a bit and still having a lot of emotional release. What a privilege and gift it is that I'm spending my life this way, that this is my life. I'm not getting up and going to a job from 8 to 5. I have this incredibly unique gift that is my life. I get to spend my adult days exactly like this, attending to my soul. Day 64, Clearing the Stories that Limit Me Yesterday, I got to see another story and identity that my sister pointed out to me, managing the emotional container of my family. I grew up as the youngest of the family, amidst a lot of drama, as I'm sure there was for your family. I grew up during the 70s, during the Vietnam War and the women's movement. There was a lot of change and pressure in the family and a lot of roles that were going through significant transition. I became the emotional manager of my family. I still do this. In my meditation yesterday, I asked to be shown any lingering stories that I'm not aware of. I want to clear these and be available to be the revealer of love and the divine light that is nestled at the center of each of our beings. Day 65. Tell everyone on the train that I love them. I came out of the meditation weekend, dabbled in the headlines, and saw the news about the two men who stood against a racist and were killed on a train in Portland. That has deeply moved me. The thing about the heart is, there are these moments where you can feel like it can't open any wider. You think it can't open any more, but it can. It can always open a little more. When I read the story of those two heroes on the train, a 23-year-old man and a 53-year-old man, both filled with that divine impulse to protect and care for others, my heart broke wide open. When I read the mother's first response after losing her son, in spite of this, we choose love, my heart opened even wider. We choose love. It's a choice. Then I read about the woman who took off her shirt and put it under the 23-year-old's head and held his hand. All she knew to do was to pray with him. She told him how wonderful he was, and he looked at her and said, Tell them, tell everyone on the train that I love them. At that point, my heart just burst into a million gazillion pieces of the stardust that it's made up of. That, my friend, is everything. This life is the train. That is everything this 23-year-young soul was here to teach. It was a powerful lesson. When he said, tell everyone, that included the racist man with the knife who murdered him. That's the ability to see beyond the veil of separation. That's the ability to see beyond the appearance of love and hate. That is all that we need to know to change this world. Tell everyone on the train that I love them. Maybe the train is your relationship, family, work environment, community, friendship circle, country, the world. Whatever train you're on right now, join me in choosing to be the vibration of love, no matter the appearance. This is the time to set your real self free. This is the time to embrace meditation. Sit down, even if it's for 60 seconds, and begin to practice being still. There is a you behind the you that you know. It has everything you could ever want or need. We are tethered to an unbounded, inexhaustible source. I'm leaping. I have no idea what that means, but I know what it feels like. Exhilarating and scary at the same time. It feels like this chrysalis phase is over, and it's time for me to spread my wings and leap. What would it be like if we all just allowed our hearts to open? Join me today in choosing love. Day 66. I am letting go of a 53 year old story and identity. The side effect of meditating this long, this consistently, is that I have developed the skill to observe and untangle myself from my thoughts. I've come to realize that I am not my thoughts. I have been able to realize that my identity, my sense of self is not my thoughts. It's pretty big. I've created a lot of space. And as a result of that, things are coming up through that openness. Yesterday, I shared two things that are remaining to be very powerful revelations, big boulders dislodged from my psyche. I have been observing them like a doctor with a patient on the operating table. One is the little girl Camille has got my attention. I've been doing a practice for myself that I also do with my clients to find the younger versions of ourselves and bring them home. I realized that I had to go get that little Camille and bring her home to my heart today. She came out in a very big way when it was brought to my attention that I took on the role of family peacekeeper at an early age. I did this to control the emotional context in my family. I used my humor to deflect and to shift people's attention. I used my tears to cause an interruption to the fighting. There was a lot of fighting and arguing. As the youngest one, it touched me deeply, and I didn't like it. I didn't want it. I still don't. Having this realization and having this little Camille come out and talk to me about the heaviness that she's been carrying all this time has been humbling. In sessions with my clients, I can hear the little girl or little boy in their story, and I take them back to get that child. I have them sit with that little person and simply listen to what their younger self has to say. Then I have them pick that little person up and carry them back to the heart. I've done that for myself today because I've continued to maintain that young child role of emotional manager. I don't want it anymore. I can't even begin to tell you the weight that is being lifted from me. This experience that's happening today... These emotional releases that I am having as a result of this realization, along with the release of my 53-years-long identity of peacekeeper at my own expense, is unique. It's completely different to choose to be the vibration of peace than to work to keep and contrive peace. This is huge and is giving me such emotional release. And I am grateful that I have this day, here and now, to be present for my transformation and healing. I'm so grateful that this is my life. There's got to be a reason why this is my full time job. The other piece that continues to work its way loose within me is this identity around my radio work. My willingness to continue looking at this story has caused it to be amplified in my awareness. This goes all the way back to 2013 when I traveled away from Alaska. Even before that, I was beginning to feel this spiritual Camille that I wanted to integrate into my work. How could I integrate these Camilles together, the radio DJ, Cece, and this spiritual Camille? I've wanted to integrate all of myself onto myself for quite some time. My DJ identity has been sacred to me. I have clung to it and have fought for it. Part of me is thinking, I've got to bring this forward, but I don't want to let go. This is who I am. I'm not giving this up. The thing is, it's not about giving it up. It's not necessarily about the identity as much as it's about my attachment to the identity. Rather, it's about my attachment to seeing myself as being limited to this particular expression. And so, once the genie's out of the bottle, you can't stuff it back in. This revelation, awareness, and the willingness to move through it all is exactly what I said I wanted. This is living from the heart. This is being willing to make space in my old identities and expressions for something new to grow and expand. I just can't encourage you enough to be in your practices, whatever they are, that unhook you from the world of effects. Whatever it is that removes you from the headlines or takes you out of the conversations where people are just regurgitating the news. Remove yourself. Take a break. Go for a walk. Get your feet on Mother Earth. Get out into the woods, the beach. Take a hike. Do something for your soul. Begin to ask, what is it within that's seeking to emerge? Have the courage and the willingness to be mindful of any stories that don't serve you anymore or identities that you're clinging to out of fear. It's courageous work, but today, I can't imagine any other work worth doing. Day 67 I'm turning in my victim card. Something happened for me in my meditation practice today. I was so clearly aware of the subtle remaining victim stories. I've always prided myself on having cleared out my victim consciousness, and to a great extent, I have. However, with a new definition and a new understanding of what the ego is, I have been seeing more into my own ego than ever before. I am seeing the ways in which my ego has kept me at a distance, almost at war with myself. Fighting against myself, fighting against my own identities and various personalities. I have these lingering victim stories, these threads that I saw today in a way that was very powerful and very healing. Right now, I am in a situation that can feed the victim story. I have chosen things that, if I'm unaware, can be misused to weave the poor me, why is this always happening to me story. I'm waking up to that and I'm handing in my victim card. I'm giving it back because victimhood is yet another way that I stay tethered to the world outside of myself. Victimhood fools me into believing that things or people outside of me are the source of my luck, love, approval, on and on that list goes. I'm giving back my victim card today and taking full responsibility for every single activity, action, and thought of my life. I'm taking full responsibility and full accountability, and I am remembering the truth. My life is a fully sourced gift. I was watching a presentation that Michael Beckwith gave online, and he said that all has been given to us already, and our practices help us receive it. This is about the receptive mode. My situation here in New Jersey is such that I am not working a typical full-time job. I'm not even working a part-time job. The job I'm really working is being in service to my mother. This is something I'm choosing to do now. I've been away from New Jersey for 25 years, and my mom is 86, and I'm choosing this situation. It's been a bit of a balancing act to make this work and figure out how I'm going to pay my bills. This is an opportunity for me to go even deeper and to realize that if I'm fully sourced and all of my needs are met in the spiritual world, the only thing I have to do is to speak the story of it already being in my life. As Esther Hicks says, in my vibrational vortex, everything is 99.9% complete. I just have to speak it. I really do have a full-time job, and I'm excited about how the universe is going to bring this into my experience, because now I know what my part is. My part is to look beyond the appearance that says things are not being manifested in my life. My job is to look beyond the numbers in my bank account that are trying to tell me a story about my identity that is not the truth of who I am. My job is to be really clear about what it is I want to experience, what lights me up, and what expands me. My job is to be clear about the leaps I am taking right now, today, to get this message, my teaching, and me out into the world. And then my job is to simply move and be in the vibrational alignment of what that is. I am open. I am open to all of the many ways that financial good is coming into my life. I'm open to serving seniors. I'm open to raking lawns. I'm also open to sitting in the silence. Long enough to feel, in my bones deep, the spiritual truth that all my needs are met. That's what I think is so cool about Jesus— And whether you think he's the real thing or a character in a story, it doesn't matter. What's so interesting about Jesus is that he was so lined up with his source that he didn't need a purse. He didn't need things because he truly felt in his bones his oneness with all that is. He was in alignment with all that had already been given to him. Anytime he needed something, it was just there because his consciousness was already there. I'm fascinated with that. To a great extent, I've designed my life to prove that. My hope for you is that you realize your feelings are the most powerful part of the creation process because feelings are the creative juice of that which is manifested. And if 99.9% of all your good is already done, what story are you telling? Are you telling the story of that which is already done, even though you can't see it? Are you playing that game, or are you playing the other game, where you're looking into the world of effects and telling that story of lack, limitation, and not-enoughness? What is your vibrational address? Day 68. There is hope. Today I want to talk about hope. My friend's son is mourning the loss of a friend that took his life through suicide. We were just talking about how a lot of people feel hopeless right now. And guess what? There are just as many people that feel very hopeful. What's the difference? The biggest piece I can see is the inward journey. We are waking up, sometimes painfully, to a very important awareness and understanding. The template we've been resting our lives on The formula we've been told to use to have a successful and fulfilling life turns out to be outdated. The crux of that formula has us resting all of our hope on the thing I call the world of effects, the external world, the material world. We're seeing the material world collapse under the weight of its own outdated matrix. Something new is seeking to emerge, a balanced understanding that before the material, there is the spiritual. Before the plant, there is the seed. We are witnessing the collapse of many of the infrastructures we have used for our own lives. If those outer structures don't offer a bridge to the new way as they collapse and die off, that can make us feel hopeless and confused and insecure. What's an answer? I know for sure one answer is the inward journey, and I'm passionate about helping people turn toward themselves. I'm passionate about, as Michael Beckwith says, the United States of consciousness. I'm passionate about helping people understand the inner governance that is always available to them. I'm here to help people recognize that when they lose that outer structure of security, there is an inner structure of security that is always present. I'm here to help people understand that back behind the conditions of their lives, there is always a non-physical cause there's always a spiritual seed. It does have to do with the new way. It has to do with the new design that is seeking to emerge through whomever is making themselves available to it. That's what I'm inviting you to do today. I know that this is necessary for all of us, including these young people who are depressed and hopeless as they look into the world and wonder what the hell is going on. Be mindful of where you might be placing your security and your sense of self in the outside world and where these structures might be falling away, collapsing and causing you concern and fear. And just be mindful that oftentimes things are falling away or dissolving as a prompt for something new to bloom, as a prompt to turn away from the world of effects and the conditions and turn back toward your heart and soul. Take a fine tooth comb through your thinking and your belief system and assess what's true for you today, what may no longer be working for you. It takes a tremendous amount of guts and courage to step out of that and into your own thing. There is hope. That hope lies in the center of your own beingness. There's something that's breathing you and beating your heart, something that orchestrates the cycles of the oceans. Something that holds all the planets in place. There's some intelligence that rises the sun and packs the rose into the seed. Something cracks that seed open and draws forth that bloom. And it's time that we tune into that and be available to it and receptive to it. Day 69. Seeing the truth of the lie that has told me I'm not enough. I've been wanting to get back into the world of men. It's taken me quite a while to take the leap. This year it dawned on me that no matter how many years I say, next year I'm going to have a man in my life, I never do. Probably because just saying it is not enough. You have to actually intend it and take action steps. So I told a friend that I was ready to go join an online dating site. Even if I don't meet somebody there... It's a good way to move the energies forward in this area of my life. I gave myself a deadline to get my profile page up, which I did, and then I just browsed and dabbled for a while. In my meditation today, as if I was watching a movie, I was seeing my reaction in the past when men would give me attention. My reaction had always been one of excitement, but also surprise. Then I was shown that one of the main reasons I've been surprised by such attention is because I have felt unworthy and unpretty, not relationship material. It was a very tender experience and another moment where I simply had to totally love myself. I had to wrap my arms around the self that believed this and had been in pain about that all these years. I'm much better now at accepting how I look, but a piece of that still lurks within me. My mom, bless her heart, is very fixated on appearances and always has something to say about my hair or whether or not I'm wearing makeup. I've grown up with a sensitivity to appearances indicating worthiness. But I also lay some of that at the door of religion, which had me repeat things like, Lord, I am not worthy to receive you time and time again. I was told that I am only half until a man picks me, and then I am made whole. It's taken a long time to undo all of that, but today, in the vast space of my meditation, it was really profound to see so very clearly that my sense of unworthiness lets me react with surprise when a man responded to me, especially if he was really handsome, as if I thought that who I am is not a match for a really handsome guy. This is a tender revelation today. I need to be clear about who I am and authentic with the love that I have for myself. I need to see the truth, the beauty, the prettiness of who I am. Not because I'm comparing, compare and despair, but because I actually see it. I see the divine, I see the goddess, I want to be in complete alignment with who I am so that I can attract a man or men into my life who are in complete alignment with who they are. This is about maturing. It's not necessarily an age thing. You can have this maturity at a young age. This is part of the maturity that comes with falling in love with myself. And it comes because I've made time to develop a relationship with myself. I've cultivated love and appreciation and enjoyment with and for myself as I am. I am surprised that all this came up today out of the blue. But that's the language of the infinite, the language of the universe. Today, I'm going to go back and get that young girl, that teenager, and bring her home to my heart space. I need all of me to bring forward the great love of my life. I need my little self, my adolescent self my awkward teenage self, and my powerhouse young adult woman. I want all of me to come home so we can go do this together. Look in the mirror and really see the truth of who you are. Take some time and wrap your arms around yourself and tell yourself that you love yourself and really mean it. Look in the mirror and keep looking until all you see is the divine that breathes you, the divine that clothes itself as you so it can come out and play. 31 days to go. I have a feeling that 100 days won't be the end of this. Day 70. The old skin cannot hold the new wine. Last night I was writing and feeling some discontent around my identities and stories and the way things have been. I was looking at this woman, Danielle Laporte, out of Vancouver. She's got a great rock and roll edge to her. She wrote a book called White Hot Truth and is on a book tour now. She has a very streamlined way of delivering her information. She's got one Facebook page and one Twitter account. And I was thinking about how I have my personal Facebook page, my This Awakening Spirit Facebook page, and the Camille Conti Show Facebook page for my radio show. I've got two Twitter accounts, and I've got CamilleConti.com and This Awakening Spirit as separate websites. I'm not yet fully integrated. While I was writing, I asked, do I need to let go of everything? I realized that I was trying to take what already exists and integrate it into something new. One thing, maybe the discontent is coming because I need to let it all go. At the very least, I need to clear the table and start anew. As much as my ego shouted, hell no, to that, and felt freaked out, I could also feel excitement. There was a freeing feeling around the idea of just being Camille Conti in the world. I want all these different ways in which I express myself to follow who I am, not be who I am. I got to tell you, this is simultaneously scary as shit and exciting as all get out. This is what it's like to literally be on the edge and to leap. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I can feel it coming. This is the chrysalis phase moving into the experience of having wings. When we deepen our awareness of the self, when we consciously and co-creatively take on our own personal evolution, shift happens. We outgrow things, and they fall away. The more I change internally, the more the outer container has to change to match that which is new. The old skin cannot hold the new wine, as the saying goes. Maybe there's a singular container that's seeking to emerge and hold all of it. Like I said, there's something unbearably exciting about all of this, but at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, what the hell are you saying? The ego pipes up and says, Do you understand what you're talking about? You just got business cards done. All the stress really is from the ego mind. This is not to say that I won't continue to be these expressions, but I can clearly see that things are happening on a cellular level. I know how this works. The outer is falling away because it can't hold the new. With 30 days left, I am committed to finishing my writing. Back when I was with the Flow Group in California, we imagined what things would be like 90 days in the future. One of the things I said was, I didn't know this book was inside me, and now I have this completed manuscript. It felt so real. And it is. It's the power of the spoken word. I called all of this forth, including a finished manuscript. I want to finish this so the journey and the story is complete. This is the end. This is the end of the story from Confusion to Clarity. I think of the lyrics from that Who song, The Real Me. Can you see the real me, can ya? It's bold to make space for a new self to emerge, even if you don't have all the information yet. Day 71 I have no idea what I'm becoming. Today is a purposefully quiet day. I am still in a meditative state and listening deeply. I have put some specific questions out to the universe, including, why am I passionate about the things I'm passionate about? What is my why, my driving purpose for being on the earth, personally and as a servant to humanity? My ego mind keeps me distracted by presenting a slew of questions to me that create doubt, uncertainty, and confusion. Through meditation, I've been able to untangle myself and unidentify as that. I am no longer confused. However, I may experience confusion. Those are two completely different things. I know my ego mind well enough to know that it takes tremendous mindfulness to make it okay for me to spend this next month getting this story down. I gave my word, and I'm completing it to the best of my ability. But my goodness, my mind is just working overtime to keep me distracted from writing. And what's next? I don't know. I've never done this before. I can honestly say I really don't know what I'm about to become. And I'm fascinated by that comment. I'm excited to see what is being formed. I know it's happening. I've done enough personal work to have an awareness of my inner reconfiguration. I'm staying in the quiet place today, which is a really beautiful gift we can give ourselves. I hope that in the busyness of your day, you can take some time to be still, whether it's for a few minutes or longer. When I worked in the restaurant industry and was either exhausted or stressed out, I would escape into the bathroom for some quiet. I would stay there for several minutes until I could breathe normally and get centered. You can do the same. If you can go for a walk during a lunch break, do it. If all you've got is a bathroom where you can stare into the mirror and appreciate yourself and love yourself and breathe into an open heart, do that. When you leave work and you're in the car, chant some OM or do some breathing. It helps dissolve the energy of the day so that you can wash away whatever no longer serves you. With all that's going on in the world of effects, the headlines, I invite us to remember that how we are feeling is important. We're here to feel joy. We're here to feel and experience love. We're here to feel the ease and flow of life as our very own. If it feels heavy, it's probably not what you're here to experience, though we've certainly been trained to believe that heaviness is exactly what we're here to experience. I would say today that is most definitely not true. Day 72. I'm letting go of who I've known myself to be and my ego is freaking out. My meditation was beautiful today. I'm so filled up. I'm really proud of myself. This is one of the boldest and bravest things I've done. And what am I doing? I'm dying to the old and welcoming in the new. These last several days have been so personally deep. I look at the last four months And let me tell you something, these have been extreme life altering days. This next chapter of my life is coming out of something else. Perhaps pieces of what was here before will be integrated into what is coming, but I'm letting go of these identities. I'm letting go of the attachments to how I've shown up in the world, and my ego is freaking out because my ego wants to be loved, wants to be seen, recognized, and be part of what's familiar. It wants to rest on the past because it's familiar with that. And I'm calling in something bigger. How outrageous is that? There's something in here waiting for my recognition. As I look back at this tapestry of my life, the pattern can't be seen up close. I have to step way back from the tapestry to see it in its entirety. This meditation experiment has been causing me to walk further and further away from the tapestry of my life. I was so engrossed in the individual threads that I was losing sight of the full picture. As I step further back and see the fullness of what's going on and the divine timing and divine unfoldment that's been going on since February, it's incredible. I want to write this story. This is important and meaningful. Healing ourselves helps to heal others. When you do your own personal work and forgive and mend your own separation from yourself, when you go about falling in love with yourself and accepting your beauty and divine nature, you help yourself and everybody around you. Because there's only one thing happening, and it's got the incredible, unbounded, infinite intelligence to become everything. It looks like there's more than one thing happening, but that's the whole point. There isn't. There's just one thing happening. I'm fired up. Things are starting to emerge and make sense. Day 73. When you've outgrown your belief system or your BS. After my meditation this morning, I was looking at some of the notes I took while watching Michael Beckwith speak at Agape International. Some things really stood out to me and are in sync with my feeling state after my meditation. He said that a belief system is not going to help you after a while. It's the practice that leads to the personal experience. I've been working on my belief system since I was 18 years old, really. Then I got into the science of mind and spirit in 1991, and I aggressively stepped onto a spiritual education path that basically took me deep inside myself so that I could get face-to-face with my beliefs, my belief systems, how they were operating, what were inside them, whether or not they were still mine, and doing that wonderful, profound, and life-changing work. However, this idea that, after a while, your beliefs no longer serve you, is totally resonating with me. All these years on the path, I've been stepping into my personal experience of the thing itself, whether I realized it or not. Joel Goldsmith calls it, Practicing the Presence. Meditating for an hour every day has put me into a place of personal experience, and that is where it's at. Whoever you're inspired by or following, at some point you've got to begin your own practice so that you can have your own experience, your own revelations, and your own transformation. I have made that leap from beliefs to experience myself. Michael Beckwith said something important about how that has helped him. There's no way I could be doing what I'm doing, standing up in front of people and saying what I'm saying, if it was just my belief, just a theory, just a philosophy. It has to be coming from a personal experience. I just totally get that. You know what I'm saying? I know you understand that. As helpful as it is for you to learn from my experience or the experience of others, the point is to have your own personal experience. That's the real deal. This is a significant shift to dwell on, to understand our connection to source, and this idea that our needs are already met. So how am I going to act from that consciousness? Join me in thinking about this. Maybe pick one area of your life where you can consider that all of your needs are met. How would you feel? For me, it takes me out of the material and puts me completely into the spiritual. It takes me out of the world of effects and puts me into my own inner effects. It has my senses working not from the outside in, but from the inside out. One of the ways I would be acting if I was truly coming from the consciousness that all of my needs were met would be peace. I'd have peace of mind, a calm certainty, and an eagerness to see how it was all going to unfold, a welcoming through a mode of receptivity. This is something I've been dwelling on for the last 24 hours. If everything I desire is already done energetically in the invisible vortex of my life, then my role as a creator is to speak it as if it's already here, even though there's evidence that it's not, so that it has a bridge to cross over from the invisible to the visible. This is how creation works. It's this idea of receptivity. And of course, there are moments when doing this is absolutely necessary. However, having receptivity be your action step blows the roof off the joint. It completely takes everything we've learned and throws it upside down. I'm stepping into this new experiment of being a receiver of the gift. I'm literally opening up my arms and my hands throughout the day. I'm receiving. You can give it to me. My arms, my heart, my mind my consciousness. I'm open to receiving whatever it is that is seeking to emerge. The fullness of life is always seeking an outlet. It's always seeking that crack of least resistance. So I'm trying to widen that crack. That's a little bit about what's going on with me today. I hope you take some time to open your mind and your heart. Open up your arms and your hand and receive the gift. If somebody tries to give you something today, just say, thank you. If you find yourself pushing it back or saying no or doing anything like that, just stop. Say, thank you. Yes, I will receive your help. Begin to get comfortable receiving. You deserve it. Day 74. When I'm looking at what isn't, I don't see what is. Today I'm excited because I was shown an old, ingrained way of seeing things that I have not yet stepped out of. When I dwell on what isn't happening in my life, I cannot see what is there. Most of the time, I don't know that I'm looking through that filter, which is why it's taken me this long to awaken to this important understanding. This is a practice. You have to keep swinging the hammer. You have to be willing to continue the old habit to see it so that you can have a reference point to what no longer serves you. I want to specifically talk about money. I had been looking only at one bank account for so long and what wasn't in it that I forgot I have another bank account. While I've been looking at this one bank account and its dwindling numbers, I have also been affirming my flow and unidentifying myself with the dollars. I have been shifting my awareness, as I mentioned yesterday, to the feeling that all of my needs are met. Bank accounts are just numbers. They grow and then get small and then grow again. That's just the nature of what my experience has been, though an ever-increasing good is what my experience is right now. In my meditation, I was shown that I have this whole other bank account. Then I found out this account has a sister credit union right here where I'm staying. It has always been there. The money I need to buy a ticket to go back to Alaska has always been there. However, I was only able to see and remember it because I shifted my sights away from lack to being open enough so the money could show me where it was. I've often beaten myself up for my relationship with money. I've looked out into the world of effects and made that judgment about myself. But you know what? I'm in a very smart moment in my financial life. My choices are making this life of caring for my mom possible. This is about being sourced by the one life that lives and moves and has its beingness in, through, and around me. An ever-expanding good. That's heaven. Day 75, remaining centered while the world comes at you. It's so freaking hot today, about 95 degrees. I do not do well in this type of heat. Today's message is that it takes practice to not let the environment affect us. It takes practice, awareness, devotion, intention, and attention to not let the elements of our environment steal our joy or decrease our vitality. It takes practice. Between the heat and conversations and interactions and all these different things that we call our daily living, today, I am practicing the application of what I've been learning. And I am in a heightened state of awareness because I'm aware that these elements and this environment can, if I let it, affect me internally. I'm strengthening my skill to not let that happen. I am strengthening my ability to be who I am, to stand in the vibration of love and peace in the midst of exchanges with strangers who are really hot because it's 95 degrees and they don't know who to take it out on, so they take it out on a stranger. To be the space that doesn't take that personally, it's a practice. Don't let anybody fool you. I don't care how many retreats you go to or how many books you read. It's a practice to become aware and act consciously. Today... I have no shortage of opportunities to practice and strengthen my resolve to be centered, no matter what.